previously on The Show Show. All right, well, shall we Shall we start the show proper? The best part of your show was the show that was, like, emulating a different show, which is not a great thing. I feel like it drops you in without explaining things, and maybe that's, like, sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad. Did, did they have a CG, um, like, panther? It didn't do enough to sell me on that. They didn't have the Empire blow up Alderaan. It was just like, we need someone to wear the cyber skeleton and fly around with no wiener and lose to Adam Smasher. So we're, we're, we're going to sacrifice David Martinez on this altar of really cool animation. We can save people. We can set their expectations so low that they'll be pleasantly surprised. It really goes off the rails. Can I be so bold as to say a little too many nips? It is sad that, like, I feel like we could write a show that does the same things was probably better. People out there are are listening to our Mosquito Coast episode like never before. It's now our number one episode. We we really shit all over that show in that podcast. He just always shows up when they need help. I mean, he's always polite, except for when he kicked that dude in the nuts. Tony, thoughts, feelings, concerns. Can you tell me some more about the genitalia customization? Like, how many different variables are we talking about? There's a schlong slider. You get to, like, choose the length or distance or something. Kind of made me want to play the game again. Is there a girth meter? Inject some Gatorade into your, your body and you'll be fine. Uh, I have offered the Paramount Channel show Yosemite. Damn it! God, do I... I always do that. I don't want to go too far off the range here. Cattle ranching and, you know, polygamy. It's got it's got Josh Brolin in it. He did the greatest Thanos. He did greatest both. That's the problem. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show show, probably the world's best TV review podcast. Welcome to episode 55 Today we review the brand new 2022 Prime original series starring the great Josh Brolin. You ever wonder if the world's not what you think it is? This month on the show show, Outer Range. I'd like to welcome you inside the broadcast booth. I'm Jay. I'm joined as always by my two Hall of Famers. To my left, the man, the myth, the legend, Amelia County Steer Wrestling Champion 1886, it's Aaron. Howdy! And to my right, the king of binge-watching, for the moment my second favorite TP. He only started watching the show this morning, it's Tony. Glad to oblige, I know it. listeners love it, they want the procrastination. <laughs> Uh, Check out our Instagram for news about the show, including updates on our postponed 2023 tour and cruise, along with plenty of other bonus content. You can find us at the show show pod. If you want to email us, send those to the show show TV podcast at gmail.com. You can find our YouTube channel. That's mandamus radio. You got to do it. You can find me individually at Jay Suesponte. Aaron, where can we find you? You can find me on the Muscoverse uh, at Tenacious Aaron. Not on Mastodon yet? No, no. Yeah, me neither. 
What is Mastodon? <laughs> it's, it's it's one of the upstart uh, replacements. Is this is this the liberal like truth dot com? Like is that the the liberals now reactionary like leaving Twitter on Moss? Like ridiculous. Very well could be. How about you, Tony? Where can you find you online? You can find me on Instagram at tpinquite. For those of you on the live stream, we may take calls later in the show if there's time, so get them lined up. You can call us at 888-787-1310. All right, boys, before we get into the outer range, I'd love to take a trip over to the unofficial scoreboard. Tony, uh, anything for the unofficial scoreboard today? I've been trying to watch more movies lately. I went to see The Menu. Mm. It was good. I'm not saying go see it in theaters, but I think definitely worth a watch uh, when it comes to streaming. It's kind of like a psychological thriller. It's not very gory, so I think you'll be able to get through that one. Jay also watched Violent Night. <laughs> hey You can uh, definitely wait for streaming on that one, but it was also it was an entertaining time. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a fun holiday watch if you want like a diehard vibe from santa it's it's so it's diehard not slasher yeah okay have you been like going back to the the movie theater going to see these movies yeah i've been trying to go on tuesdays if there's something good just because tickets are cheap on tuesdays i'm like yeah, if there's something good i'll see it but this month will be pretty busy was avatar about to come out this weekend is that right i gotta it's gonna have to see it in imax i'm sure the plot's not gonna be great but it's gonna be beautiful I mean, I I don't know. I'm I'm very much torn about the Avatar like series because someone you know you run into these reels on on the internet that that kind of like blow your mind, and someone did an analysis of of Dances with Wolves and showed that it basically Dances with Wolves and Avatar is the same story, you know. And Pocahontas. Yeah, you add a little Pocahontas and some aliens in there. It's it's the same story. And, and I don't know. I whenever Avatar came out, I was so underwhelmed by it. I feel like, like the people who were like, "It's the most visually stunning thing I've ever seen," like never played video games with good cinematics. Like, <laughs> I, I just I was stunned by how how much acclaim it got. Like I thought it was okay. Like it was entertaining, but I the, I didn't understand other than James Cameron. Blessed be he the greatest director apparently of all time creating it you know i i didn't get why avatar got all the accolades it didn't it didn't track for me well i think his hot uh, take the ai he programmed i think was the cinematographer on this one that also guards his house is it ai cinematographer no the oh, ai oh, that guards God. his house you know you're right you got me i, I was like <laughs> what there's just too much new ai shit happening i can't I can't take it as a joke anymore because uh, like, I don't know if you've seen these like AI profile pictures popping up on everyone's well, Facebook. I've been seeing them. Like I, I was playing with the AI stuff like a, a couple of months ago and I was making my own artwork, but it definitely had trouble understanding what a human's like how many fingers and hands people had. But these, these new AI that now they're running everybody's portraits through, I think it's teaching them what humans look like. Mm-hmm. like I, think it's, I think it's crazy, but this is a brilliant way to do it like get people to take pictures of themselves. You just like inputted thousands of data points into those AI. Yeah, it's this it's the same deal with it, I think it's called Chat GPT. That's the uh, big one. Yeah. Yeah, where you you give it a prompt and it can write you a paper, you know, it can write you a play. It's it's kind of scary and incredible, but part of the deal is that it's, 
you know, you're uh, you're helping to teach the AI as part of the deal. I got a buddy who is like, hey, I'm going to make a video game, write this code for this program, takes the code that the AI writes for it, imports it in, and then starts adding in his, his visual elements and is now doesn't have to hire a coder. He's using the AI to write each piece of code and then just assemble it all together. Isn't that crazy? It's incredible. So, again, we, we've talked about this before. Like AI, it's, it's, it's going to be the next... Like atomic bomb, it's gonna change everything. Well, all this stuff is like machine learning stuff. It's not really like artificial intelligence. It's just like no, repetitive tasks it's... that are becoming automated through machine learning. For sure, but think about how many jobs are repaid, repetitive tasks that are going to be taken away by machine learning. Yeah, you know, data entry, analysis, hell, like it's going to be easier to have an AI draft out like little articles that you would normally have like startup writers writing right for a newspaper. Mm -hmm. Why ever have those kids write that when you can have an AI write everything? Yeah, I guess it could be, if it gets good enough and people get good enough at using it, it's like, could we, I mean, my job's not really that important per se for me to know what I'm doing, but y'all like you could have people that are too dumb to do the jobs that they're doing because they're just getting something to write the paper for them. So it's a good paper and they get a good grade where they don't really know what, they're talking about anymore i'm not saying they're gonna have to change the way they do grading papers i'm not saying i know what i'm talking about i'm just saying that yeah if you can write a research paper without by just saying hey use these sources to write a research paper about this topic and then it does a really good job on it well it's just we're all gonna be wally we're just gonna have computers Mm -hmm. doing everything for us speaking of weird tv shows about culture and society i watched kimmy schmidt like the first three seasons of it, the Netflix original show, which I don't know if any of you guys have seen it. Yeah, definitely. I watched the first season. Yeah, so like the first season I really enjoyed, I, I but it starts to really lose its, I don't know, flavor after a couple of seasons because mm-hmm. there's no real reason for it to exist, right? Whenever it's like the mole women coming out and, you know, getting to know modern society, like, okay, that's fun. But there just never was a progression of anything. And yeah. after four years, Kimmy Schmidt just felt really stupid. Like, I guess you're stunted because you've been in a hole for 15 years. But I, I just felt like at some point you're going to progress. Also, I'm, Tina Fey is hit or miss for me on her style of humor. Like, it's it's a bit over the top at times, which I enjoy. But then other times it's so over the top that it's just like you're kind of beating a dead horse here. We can, we can let this one go and keep going. So that, that I'm, I'm torn on that one. I'd probably give that one like a six and a half just cause it was entertaining at times, but it lost its, its new shiny sheen after about a season and a half. You famously once told me that you need to give up on 30 rock. Once Matt Damon shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I stand by that statement. <laughs> And I'm I'm a huge fan of of almost everything Tina Fey does, and especially of Thirty Rock. And it's it's one of my comfort shows that I that I watch and I fall asleep to sometimes. And every time that I get to Matt Damon, I, I hear Aaron Robinson in my head. <laughs> I don't know, like I really enjoyed it up to that point, and I just really struggled to it, to keep watching after that point. So 
I, I, I completely get it, and I, I, I do enjoy her style of humor. I just feel like there's, there's a cap on it for me. <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and I, I feel much the same way about about Kimmy Schmidt. It really loses itself after a while. And I, I remember a point that really turned me off was they did an entire episode that was just an homage to Beyonce's Lemonade. Yeah. And that was huge at the time that the show came out, but the, even just, what, five-ish years later, mm-hmm. we've all dated. moved on completely. Yeah. Same, same with, like, the one episode where it's, like, the true crime, like, at the time, all the true crime stuff, and they're doing, like, like you know, it couldn't have been the the, the reverend that kidnapped these mole women because they're ugly. Like, like, this whole bit that they did, also, like, very much a product of the time, just feels dated, right? Uh, at that, that's the point where you're jumping the shark. Like I felt like I was like, there's no reason for this show to continue to exist. Like they're just kind of like, we've come up with something to film. Let's do it. I did watch two movies. Speaking of movies, not going out, have not been to the theater, um, but I did watch, um, Love and Monsters. Ooh, I like that one. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's entertaining. I had a good time with it. Uh, Christmas Story, Christmas. Which is the like the old Christmas story, Ralphie and all them. It's the the sequel. Ralphie's grown up and it's his family and and it's in the I guess the seventies. I enjoyed it. It was it was just a bunch of fan service if you like those mm. kind of movies. And then this one was interesting. I don't know if anybody's seen this. Mike and Dave need wedding dates with Zach Efron and Adam Devine, I think, or Devine, not sure. I haven't seen that. Um does it, it have Audrey Plaza stupid. in it, or is that... Yeah, Audrey okay. Plaza has, uh, what's her name from Pitch Perfect? Anna Kendrick. Um, Anna Kendrick in it. Mm. It's ridiculous. It's dumb, stupid humor. It, it was not to be taken serious. Definitely, it's weird to see Zac Efron overact so much in response to Adam Devine, you know, the guy from Workaholics. <laughs> it's, it, I don't know, I, I walked away from it and said, like, this is such a weird movie, I don't know how it got made. <laughs> Man, I feel bad for Zac Efron. Oh, you do? His face is messed up, and that's like his half of his claim to fame. Like, I don't. I guess I don't feel too bad for famous people, but I'm sure he's wealthy beyond my wildest dreams. But like, did he get man, an accident or something? Like, did something happen? He's like he like shattered his jaw, and now it's oh. like, I guess his jaw is fine, but it's like his face is not the same face y'all can google it 2000 years later of course that's what i was doing yeah. he almost died when he shattered his jaw oh my god oh my gosh he doesn't look the same I feel bad for him well that's terrible i i think that he's actually a decent actor but it was uh when did that happen like you don't just like get back on the horse acting wise with a broken jaw going to take some rehab it's been like the last i don't know one or two years i'm not sure when that happened i remember seeing it i was like okay. what what crazy well jay what about you what is what has been on your unofficial scoreboard well the the world cup has taken up a lot of my <laughs> my time recently and i don't think it is any understatement to say that this past month this last couple of weeks has been the greatest couple of weeks in sports history going all the way back to when the Greeks were running around naked on Mount Olympus. Oh, wow. That's, that's a big claim. I mean, and you know, Plato was Olympian. I'm pretty sure like he was super buff and like threw shot put or something. So it's a big claim. 
and he missed out on this last couple of weeks by dying a couple thousand years ago. Yeah, so. that's also true. But so you're saying who who give me the 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 ten thousand foot view thirty second rundown of the drama. There's been a lot of great games, a lot of upsets, a lot of great performances, everything that you'd want out of a premier sports tournament. The story, the Cinderella story of the moment is Morocco, uh, the first ever nation from Africa to make it to the semifinals. Uh, Big deal, and especially since the World Cup is being held in an Islamic nation for the first time ever, the... Islamic world has all kind of rallied around Morocco as their adopted team. So there's been a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of outpouring of joy in a lot of places. So who's it down to, I guess? As of recording, we're down to the final four. We've got Argentina against Croatia. And then on the other side, we've got France playing Morocco. Final Uh is one week from when we're recording today. And uh, France and Morocco have a history, so that's got some interesting overtones. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of that, especially with uh, w- with Morocco in particular, uh, because in order to get to this point, they defeated Spain and then Portugal. Uh, so there's been a lot of a lot of good jokes about the you know the last time that Morocco was this successful in Iberia, it was 1492. And- oh wow. Off the top of my head, the one show uh, that I have dabbled into is I've started the first couple episodes of the su- the new season of The White Lotus. Oh, that definitely is on my radar. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Aubrey Plaza, she is in it. And if, if you liked season one, I think you're going to like season two most definitely. Everything that was great about season one... Uh, continues in the new one, the dark vibe, the dry comedy, the the clueless rich people, the chaotic hotel manager. It's It's been great so far, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. Excellent. Well, with that, are you guys ready to, to get into out of range? Let's get along, little doggies. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, this was an Aaron nomination to the Wheel of Randomonium. So, Aaron, if you would, introduce us to Outer Range. Absolutely. Outer Range, of course, is a science fiction neo-Western. I love that it's a neo-Western because that just means, I guess, it means modern. It is an Amazon Prime original. Uh, it released in April of 2022. And it has been renewed for a second season, which I definitely, after at the end of it, I came to the conclusion that it needs it needs more. Uh, I need to see more to know what happens here with this story. But the premise of the story is essentially Royal Abbott, our main character, which is played by Josh Berlin, is a Wyoming rancher. He's uh, fighting for his land and his family, who uh, discovers a mysterious black void in his west pasture. Uh, following This follows the arrival of a, a woman named Autumn, who is a drifter with some type of connection to his ranch. Um, while the Abbott family is recently coping or coping with the recent disappearing uh, disappearance of the daughter-in-law, Rebecca, or wife to Perry, I believe he's the oldest son of the Abbott family, they're kind of pushed to the brink while the rival family next door, the Tillersons, are trying to take their land and uh, a lot of drama and uh, murder and death then ensues in this crazy neo-Western. And so with with our cast, we have... Royal, who is the patriarch. We have Autumn, 
the woman who's come to the uh, the the West Pasture. We have Cecilia Abbott, which is Royal Abbott's wife. We have Perry, which is the older the eldest son, and he is the father of Amy and the husband to Rebecca. Uh, we have Rhett Abbott, which is the younger son. Uh, we have the deputy, Joy Hawk, who is a native uh, and also the sheriff of the county. And then we have the neighbors. We have Billy, Luke, and Wayne Tillerson, which are the rowdy neighbor boys. And then we have Wayne Tillerson, which is the father or patriarch of the Tillerson family. And I can't remember what's the wife's. Patricia Tillerson is the, the mother of the Tillerson boys, but apparently estranged from her husband. I think that 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 kind of oh we also have Amy which is Perry's daughter, uh, and that kind of gives us our main cast and crew of everyone involved. And so with our our first episode we kind of are introduced to everybody, and right off the bat we find out the Tillersons want the West Pasture and they're coming for it. We're not really sure why. We're introduced to this hole that's just in the West Pasture which has a big black void in it, which apparently you can like put your hand through and it turns like black when you do so. And we then see Perry literally beat the shit out of and kill, was it, uh, the young Trevor, child, Trevor, Trevor. Tillerson. Mm-hmm. And, and they, that, that's kind of the kickoff of the, the beginning of the show. Uh, right off the bat, what, what did you guys think? Like, this, this kind of threw us into this world very quickly, I felt. Let me pose you a question about the, the first episode. When we see Royal in the first episode with the hole, did did that communicate to you? Did you assume that that meant that that was Royal discovering the hole for the first time? That's what it did for me. Like, they weren't consistent with that part. Mm. Yeah. He's doing a lot of experiments. Oh, how deep? What is this? Let me throw different things in here. Shovel some dirt in there. I've never seen this before. Completely agree. It did. It very much led you to the belief that the hole was discovered for the first time, mm-hmm. or at least Royal had come into like seeing it for the first time. Yeah, I don't like it when they do when things do like that level of this stuff. You know, like frame it like we think he's discovering it for the first time, but don't like send him through a little like uh, hypothesis phase for us to watch. Like he really, really, really doesn't know what's happening. So right. this actually this is interesting because Chris, Christy had raised this point that she felt there were some levels of amnesia associated with the hole. And I, I disputed this because as we find out later, Autumn is or not Autumn. Yeah, Autumn is is in fact Amy. There's the future version of Amy, and Royal is a time traveler. He's from the eighteen hundreds, and after accidentally killing his father, he finds a hole, falls through it. And then comes out in the was it, nineteen sixties? Yes, right. And and we see him not only discover the hole, but we see him create the hole. Yeah, like his emotions create the hole, or the hole reacts to his emotions and desire. Yeah, almost. No, he and he he very clearly describes the event and discusses it and talks about it later. Mm-hmm. It could be that whenever so. We're, we don't know about from the time he comes out as a little boy to that moment, has the hole been non-existent, missing, not there, right? And so his reaction to it is, you know, 50 years later. And it's kind of like, is this is this my mind messing with me? Is this real? Is it back? Is this thing that, that brought me to the future here 
You know what I mean? Like, it mm-hmm. could it be that we're looking at it not as what is this as opposed to is it really back? Could you could you see it that way? Maybe. I think that really helps because the for most of the show, I was wondering how is it that no one is discovering this hole up until the events of these eight episodes when so many people discover the hole? You know what I mean? Exactly. I think that the, the, the fact that when Perry jumps into it, it closes up almost immediately. Mm-hmm. That tells me that the hole does not stay permanently. Right. That that it, it opens and closes based off of some rule set that we're not aware of. We're kind of given the hint that when someone who wants to be lost finds its way to the hole, then the hole accepts them, and that looks to be what happened with Perry. But clearly this is a time travel show, right? Like, we we have some time travel. We we know that Autumn is the older version of Amy. If we kind of real fast going through the story, we have the death of Trevor. We have the, the Abbots covering it up. We have, you know, Royal throwing the body of Trevor into the hole. And then Autumn seeing that happen and pushing him into the hole. We have him waking up in the future. We don't know what year, but there's that BY9, you know, mining company that's fucking everywhere. And there's all the yellow shirts. And then there's Luke Tillerson and there's Wayne Tillerson there, um, which we know he has a stroke in our timeline. So we we don't know how he gets back to to being normal. But we have Luke shoot, uh, um, you know, uh, Royal, right? Right, right no, there. And he jumps so back wild. in the hole. <laughs> that whole scene really sets up a lot of questions for me. Questions. Like, <laughs> I, like they better have, like, been greenlit for two seasons the way they played this first season on the time travel stuff because, like, too many things from that scene are, like, not explained, explained in the season at all. Yeah. yeah. Like, why is Luke still pissed off enough to shoot him when, like, <laughs> we see him basically turn into a cold-blooded murderer and he wants to land. He knows what the hole, he doesn't know what the hole is, but like he knows about it. Like presumably by then he knows exactly what happened. So why is he acting like his brother just died two days ago and he's trying to exact revenge? Like, like no one got caught. Like Perry confessed. Mm -hmm. So like justice has not been completely had, but for him, he would understand. Well, but you remember Billy, Billy gets shot at the end of the the show, right? Billy gets shot in the neck by Royal. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. That shot, like that was that was Leo Johnson level like one arm sniping. Waldo the bird is dead. <laughs> well, to be fair, he had, they the had shot what, as a, 70, as a bipod. 70 80 uh shots not hitting anything whatsoever through the windshield. <laughs> And and then one single sniper shot through the neck, right? <laughs> like that that was like no country for old men badass shit. Um, it, it was. I think I think that personally Luke being pissed off at that moment is related to the death of Billy, not to Trevor. Okay. Probably. But I again we we don't know yet. But th- this is where there's there's some inconsistency. I still feel like there's some holes here. Because we we have hey. Autumn showing up. <laughs> we have Autumn showing up, and we it's it's kind of revealed. It's revealed at the end that it's clearly Amy, right? It's got the scar on her head. The end, or were we slapped in the face with that from the very beginning? Ooh, <sighs> Tony with the hot take. The scar, <laughs> I called it. I definitely said that to Chrissy. I was like, "That's definitely Amy." It was like the episode one. I'm like, "This seems like." I got to the point where I'm like, "It was so like 
they kept transitioning on the same person. Like they kept transitioning from <laughs> Autumn to Amy Amy's directly. Autumn. And I'm like, what? Oh, this better not be Amy because at this point it's like insulting almost. I definitely, I literally said that to Chrissy. I was like, that's probably who that is. Cause whenever the moment was when they were both looking at the symbol, I was like, well, that's just her as a, as a future version of her. And, and that was right. But that this is, this is where I kind of got frustrated is it's, we, we see her in the future seeing Royal, right? We also see her in the future with Cecilia watching Royal die, right? When Royal eats the black shit, he, he has that vision, right? Mm-hmm. Of his death. Mm-hmm. But then she comes to town. She says, I used to be in a cult. So that means that those events that we saw with the yellow shirt, that was earlier for her. But that's in the future. So... What happened? Where where did Amy go? Did Amy and Rebecca go off to the future whenever Rebecca abducts Amy? And 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 or did they go to the past? Like well, you see what I'm saying? Closed. Or did they stay right there? The hole's closed. Yeah. How does Amy get back to the time at the older age to even have these interactions? I thought if she's you see you see what I'm saying? Where yeah. where did that even happen? And there's too many, like, this is obviously, like, a one-timeline fate time travel show because, like, it feels she like has it. affected her own timeline. Like, she basically got her dad to confess, which then yep. ruins her family because he goes and throws himself in the hole, which separates her and leads her down the path to create, like, who she is as an adult. Well, I don't so. know, though. I don't I don't know if that changed anything. Like, you're right. She that's did, what I'm saying. Like, that's, like... Always- it's like she. It's like it hasn't changed anything. It, it's always happened that way because it's already happened. I guess basically. Yeah, you're, I see what you're saying. He always turned himself in. That's why By Nine had the land and was, yeah. was milking it for time oil. That's what this this move this shows about. Time oil. I thought they were gonna ha- like time so oil. like there were black rocks and he found a black rock underneath the body of that dude and then there was like yep. the orange like amber. I thought there were like gonna figure out that like the black rocks if you're like holding that or not holding anything and you go in you'll pop out in the future like maybe how much of the black rocks you have is how f- far you go or something and then like the amber rocks i thought would take you backwards because obviously like everything that's gone in the hole that we've seen has gone forward but well we don't know that the body came back the body came back right we don't know into where the, the body future went. like it went into the future because it well, hadn't decomposed well, you're right. It did go into the future. Yeah, and he went into the future. In the future. He went into the future. And he went into the future. And then, but when he jumped back in from the future, he went to the past, I guess. So, so I think that here's the difference, though. I think that, that you're right. He did jump back into the past when he went back into the hole at that point. But the time oil, which <laughs> we're which, forgetting the main the main time oil. I'm just saying when Luke hit struck that that Texas T. And all of a sudden, the buffalo start shooting out in full herds. That That is the moment that I was like, okay, it makes sense why they're pumping it. But that's the same stuff as the dried stuff that, that Royal finds in the, the stone and Billy finds in his dad's rock. It's just the dried, like, dried out version of it, mm. right? It's the same stuff. But it clearly has something to do with bringing time around. It felt, I don't know, it felt inconsistent. It felt like their rules were not fully stapled down when they started writing no. the show. Did did anyone else feel that way? By the end, I felt that way. It felt like Lynch walked off the project about halfway through episode three. 
Because <laughs> episode one and two were gripping, intense, mm-hmm. and starting around episode three, it all just kind of unravels. The end of episode two was that the the scene where Josh Brolin goes through the hole and we we see the other side that we've talked about. Yeah. And oh man, like that episode ends with him running back into the hole, like you know. They got the soldiers and the, the oil derricks pumping. Like, give me that show. Give me all of that. I was all in at that moment. And, oh, I wish I wish it could have delivered. Mm-hmm. But can I give you my crazy Charlie in front of the whiteboards? Yeah. Theory? Let's do it. I stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? I, like, like we talked about, the, the hole is inconsistent on what distance through time you travel. And I like your guys' uh, theories about the, the rocks helping to determine that. I, I do like that. Uh, but when, when Josh Brolin goes through the hole, it's like everyone there is waiting for him. Yeah. Because if I remember right, there's, there's light. timer. They've got yeah. it cordoned off. There's the timer. Yeah, exactly. And it's almost like by that point, wherever that is in time, they've been able to predict when things will come through hence why they're all waiting for him and the the sheriff is there and luke is there with the gun so there's been some kind of kangaroo justice decided that when josh brolin comes through the hole this is your chance you get to you get to exact revenge here and maybe i've watched too much star trek but my mind didn't go to time travel at first my mind went to alternate universe Mm mm-hmm and I was I was hoping for more of that for the rest of those six episodes. And Aaron, like you said, it's been renewed for season two, and I agree. I think it needs it. I want to see more. Yeah. I so my interpretation of that at the end, Autumn survives her standoff, which I want to get into this standoff with Grandpa because it it really that's where for me, people stop acting like I would expect people to act yes. in this show. Yeah. That that's the thing that really the disconnect for me is that that they they give us these characters, they give us these these characteristics and then everyone starts completely deviating from them. Mm-hmm. How many people can have the capability for murder when they're not like literally in life and death scenarios like Yeah. Everyone just turns into a killer. Yeah. Well, and, and well, she Autumn goes from, you know, just I just want to be on the land to like Founding a cult? Founding a cult, and I need guns. This is going to go Waco. (laughs) That was where I got frustrated. I felt like that we all of a sudden were kind of, and maybe that was to show people unraveling that that all this stuff and all the stress that they were under was causing this. Maybe the fact that that Autumn clearly was on medicine and, and the medicine was gone because he burnt everything and she's just losing touch with reality. It just it felt inconsistent. Why is she there? So she she clearly is shown in the future when he jumps through the hole. He, she's there. Okay, mm-hmm. she's now in our timeline and she's alive. I think, and again, Billy says everything's going to belong to her, not to the Tillersons. Okay, so putting on my interpretation tinfoil hat, Autumn keeps on growing and getting older, and at the time that she her young self is at the age of like what 20 and is standing there in the cult. She's also, cause you can, you can, there's no uh, paradox issue here. 
she also is the leader of the cult because she's gone back in time again, right? And has kept on growing and got the pasture and she's the one who owns BY9. And so that's why everyone knows and there's the timer is that she's already seen this moment. They obviously have to go way further back because she has a trust of like large amounts of money, which you can't get by going back to where we see her at the beginning. And so like someone's going to have to go back into the past to like gain a large amount of money somehow because the trust isn't coming from any of her family here. Well, no, she has to go into the future. She could, she could go into the future and get money. You can't send money from the future to the past, though. The f- the money has to exist in the present that mm, they're in right now. I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, so someone has to go back before the show starts and get like a large amount of money somehow. Buy some Microsoft stock. Because I think that's what she was going to do. She was going to auction. She was going to win the auction because the land was going to go to auction it because of the bail situation. And she was going to buy it. And, and, but that's, and that's what I'm saying is that her then continue on in this timeline. and then her, But that means that Autumn had to, or Amy had to stay in the timeline. This is so fucking confusing. Amy has to stay in the timeline in 2022, grow up for 15 years, see her grandpa die, see her grandpa come through the hole, then go back in time to 2022, act like she's just a drifter and change her name to Autumn. And all this crazy things have to happen. Everyone seems the same age, though, and it's only been two years since he died. So it has to be like in the next five or so years, I'd imagine, or season two, probably. That he is—is is that only five years? I thought the mountains were gone, the oil oil derricks were everywhere. The mountains all around the, that can't be two years. That has to be ten, fifteen years in the future. We saw a mountain disappear in an instant. Yes, but that's that, that's whenever Autumn and and Royal touch hands. That's I think that's Autumn's timeline in the future and Royal's timeline interacting when they touch. Mm, I like that. Because think about it. There's no the mining. When you look at that mining scene, the mountains surrounding the area are gone. Mm. It is all oil derricks. It is all pumps. And and then we see that moment. Also think about this. The first time Royal and Autumn shake hands is when Autumn comes to the land, right? Mm-hmm. The next episode, we have Joy arresting the junkie in the in the gas station. Mm-hmm. He, what does he say? He says that one of his his cousins yeah, people disappeared are disappearing. for mm-hmm. six seconds, right? Mm-hmm. He disappeared for six seconds. Okay, and it was his meth head cousin. I got this off the internet, so I'm not going to act like I'm a genius. But his meth head cousin probably dead in six years. So when they touched hands, he disappears because in the future timeline, he doesn't exist anymore. Ooh, I like that. Uh, it, it makes sense that that's that she is from the future. I feel like the, the show has given us enough, enough tips to prove that it is autumn is from the future. So she has set it up. She knows about time travel, knows how to get money invested so that she has what she needs to do what she's doing. But at the same time, she's fucking losing her shit. <laughs> I don't. I'm just mad at all. Like, I don't have my own kids, but I guess since my friends started having kids, uh, you included, Jay, like, I just get mad at all these people in shows and movies that just, like, obviously they don't value their kids at all. <laughs> like, not just her dad. Well, okay, the mom runs off to hide to wait for this special moment. Like, that's not cool to me but maybe i could halfway understand it but like perry throwing himself in the hole when his wife already doesn't have a mother like 
that's nope. Would a parent do that? I don't think they would. And then like okay. Josh Brolin going all like, I'm just gonna go murder her in in public in the middle of the street. I don't give a frick. <laughs> and who's gonna raise the the kid? Like, I mean, no one cares about Amy in this story, and it makes me mm. mad. Well, didn't Billy even say, I feel like something bad's going to happen to your granddaughter? Because I think he knew that Autumn was Amy, I think. <laughs> I didn't realize Bill Clinton played Billy. <laughs> I don't know. Billy's voice. I, I, there, something that I, I've told Christy over and over again was that I didn't like anybody in this show. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I didn't. I liked singing Billy. <sighs> I didn't even like singing Billy. Like it. Billy, Billy to me felt, and I love Christy. That was Bobby. Christy's Bobby. She's like, oh, that's definitely my Bobby. I didn't have a Bobby in this show. I Billy for me was annoying because it was always that falsetta, and I just was like, oh, do you have to sing Poison? Do you have to sing Every Rose Is a Thorn? Like, it's literally been done to death. That's what made Billy so fun for me was that he was creepy <laughs> as hell. Like I thought they nailed it with him making the the guy who can't stop singing creepy. That was great. Mm. Maybe it's because the first time we see him singing, he's in front of a, a full length mirror and a pair of tidy whities, and you know, man under seventy years old in tidy whities is like TV shorthand for like sexual deviant, right? I guess so. I didn't realize this, but I just saw that everyone does that standing in front of a mirror while they're like getting I mean, think dressed. Think about the McPoyles. Oh, you're right. They are pretty deviant. <laughs> you know? Oh god. At one point the not at one point, at many points, the wardrobe for Billy was also incredible. <laughs> Those crazy ass shirts where they're western but they're like nuts. Tiny? Like he had jellyfish on a pearl snap shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That was incredible. I did not pay close enough attention to his wardrobe to be able to comment on that, so I'm going to have to take your word for it. I remember the jellyfish <laughs> on the Pearl Snap shirt. I was also really sad to to see him die, uh, because I think if if we assume that Luke was killed by the trampling buffalo... No, see tr- he's in the future. He's in the future. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's how we know the girl doesn't like Autumn doesn't die, because she's there. All right, I retract my criticism then. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to dispute that. I don't. We don't know that. Because remember, our Autumn in our timeline, the one that almost got trampled, she she said I was in a cult. Her in the yellow shirt with all the other yellow shirts, that I think is her cult time frame. So I don't I don't think that that's her, this her in the future. I think that that's the, the Amy Autumn, if that makes any sense. I think that that is Amy living life as a cult member like in this time cult and that autumn is the person after all that that amy becomes that comes back in time and ultimately gets control of the farm like i i think that there's a pretty good argument that that's what what is going on in the timeline here in this show i don't know can we take a moment and slip into legal corner and talk about one of the plot points of this show the fucking will or the the fucking land like who owns the land oh you know what that too but i wanted to talk about the bail okay yeah okay (laughs) so perry has confessed yes he has written a confession he has voluntarily submitted to law enforcement detention 
he has strong ties to the community in that his daughter is there, his parents are there, he grew up there, his family ranch is there. Mm-hmm. A half a million dollars bail for somebody who has confessed and has such strong ties to the community is absolutely ludicrous. Even beyond that, but even beyond that, you can get a bail bond. Yeah. And pay a 10% of the bail. You don't have to put up the full $500,000. Yeah. I thought that was I 10%, think... was it not? Are we saying this this dollar amount is way too high or too, way too low? Way too high. Oh, way okay. too high. No, the 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 $500,000 that was the bail. If you were if you went to a bail bondsman, you'd have to pay the bondsman 10%. Yeah. But when you go with the bail bondsman and you pay that 10%, that 10% is gone. If yeah. you put it up yourself, you get it back if he shows up to court. Mm. This is all true, but I, I'd rather risk losing my car, $50,000, than my ranch, which is clearly well over 500000 Yeah. Yeah, to, to punch it up a little bit, I think I'd rather see it as the, the bail amount less and have them have to sell some farm equipment that's crucial to running their their land rather than the kind of overly dramatic over the top we have to sign the whole ranch to the county yeah that that was i didn't particularly care for that i didn't particularly care for this moment when they're talking to the lawyer when the tillersons are talking to the lawyer about the will like Mm -hmm. there's no power of attorney and his will gives everything to billy but he never signed it but we'll go ahead and start doing that because that's his wishes (laughs) i was like hold on ridiculous he didn't sign it that's a pretty big factor in wills yeah yeah and and you mentioned about the the land transfer yeah oh my god like all you have to do is just pay off one low-level bureaucrat and you can just steal your neighbor's land and adverse possession is not even a fucking claim in wyoming apparently oh oh wow i'm just just saying if that's if if there's anything that's open notorious saying this is my land for 20 fucking years kind of seems like that I mean, it, it was much more than 20, 20 years, wasn't it? I thought that the, the Abbott family had been on that land for generations, right? Exactly. But as I'm saying, even if it was, let's say, part of the Tillerson's land when, the, when Royal came out of the hole, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, at least that's got to be, what, 50 years? Okay, so uh, that's, that's another point of the show that was unclear, was the visions that Wayne had of Royal coming out of the hole made me we see a we see a, a boy there when yeah when uh, that's, Royal comes that's out. Wayne yeah that's, that's what that told me as well mm-hmm. but I, I I struggle to reconcile that with like with the rest of the show I I didn't only because I think that that's what drove Wayne he didn't know why the West pasture was unique he knew something about it I think it's because he saw the hole as a boy he saw Royal come out of the hole he was sh- in shock by it, ran home, and kind of like coping mechanism, he's a little boy, it gets buried. But there's, it's always there, right? And we see him kind of obsessing over it for a while. And, and then whenever he goes out there and he has the vision, he says it was royal. It was royal coming out of the hole. Like he has that realization at that moment. That's when he hits royal in the head, he gets in the car, he runs back, he busts through the door, and he's like, I found it. I found it. And he immediately has a stroke. (laughs) Right. So uh, to me, I think that that was like vindication for him, that something that he couldn't 
nailed down a memory that was incomplete, incoherent, finally made sense for him. Mm-hmm. And he immediately had a stroke. So that's how I took that. You know, I have a hard time not believing is that, I mean, like, I'm not rich and even I have a little camera drone. Like, how are they not every once in a while flying a camera drone over his west pasture and seeing this big hole? It was just past the fence, like, not very far. And I don't think I don't even think it's illegal to fly in the air over someone's property. You don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy yeah. in the area above your land, as I learned in school. So it's like how they don't how they don't have like a regularly scheduled like drone flight pass going over there. They would find that hole quickly. Any well, what, what what about like anybody from like the military or yeah. satellite? Mom flying out like, a helicopter. Like oh hey, uh, there's a big black spot over there when I was coming in. There, so yeah, there there there's definitely some aspects of the show that I felt. Knee, they it almost felt like the show did not have everything nailed down when they started filming it. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of had to make some decisions along the way and were like, well, we're just going with this now. And and okay. But I didn't even realize this until Tony kind of put it this way, is that there are there are two different things. There's the hole and there's the time oil, right? And they have two they serve two different functions. The hole seems to be a portal to different times, mostly to the future, but we have one instance to the past. Whereas the other one either induces visions of different times or can create just a, in, in its liquid form, a massive rift for which things can travel from different timelines into our world, right? Because it was like a whole herd of buffalo. Now, my question is, is the show even linear? Like, we see Joy... The, the sheriff walking. She's going to have to climb out of that uh, oil swimming pool at, after those buffalo get through. What does it say? The buffalo that she sees, is that the buffalo that that Luke let out in at that nighttime? Like, are we seeing a different time period for her? I'm pretty sure she, until that hole opened up, she's trapped like 100 years in the past. Or I mean, more than where, so. Where, where, how do you? What do you mean? Where? Where? I'm I'm lost. Then when she went to that guy's land, I think she stumbled into the past. Like when she sees the herd of buffalo yeah. and all the Native American tents, like she's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, I'm like in the past. Oh, I think that's. I think that all came to the future. You can't. Hide I think that. that that's all because she. There's the black line. Like I think that 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 black line she follows. I think that that's a crack, and I think that that's like all come through. Remember, because he's saying people are seeing mammoths. People are seeing, like, mastodons. People are seeing... I feel like things come through from time to time. Like, there's maybe a path in that cave, and, like, somebody stumbles in and out of it, like a mastodon every once in a while. But not Mm -hmm. hundreds of Native American peoples and buffaloes. But then we saw Billy, or not Billy, Luke's oil, and literally hundreds of buffalo come racing out of it. So clearly there is an ability to have that exact situation come out. How did he, how exactly did he survive all being trampled by all those Buffalo? I don't know that he got trampled. He was standing in between the two goobs of oil that all the Buffalo were running out of. Mm. And it was like, a, a, it was like the Royal V, oh, you know, like mighty ducks. Wait, that's what the rumble is, isn't it? That they heard on the first episode, you hear a rumble. Was that, was that the Buffalo coming through the first time? Maybe it could. There, there, there definitely are a couple of different earthquakes. Remember the the dinner 
like uh, that's cooking on the hot the the the, the pressure mm-hmm. pot yeah. it gets like shaken i think that could be seen as an earthquake okay what is Rhett doing when you see a huge dust cloud and then you see a huge herd of buffalo and you're like i'm on the same path we're going to intersect maybe i should just keep going <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you like slow down? It almost feels like he doesn't realize it's Buffalo till he's in the midst of all of them. Yeah, but I mean, if I saw a huge dust cloud moving towards, I'd be like, maybe I should slow down so I don't like just run into this thing. And then you see that, like, in the sh- from the audience's point of view, you see them obviously running. And then he's yes. like, I'm gonna wait till I almost run into one, and then I'm it's too late. Now I have to drive through. I'm like, okay. He didn't even put on his blinker. <laughs> he's so inconsistent. I, I compl- I, r- this is one of my complaints about this show is I didn't like I didn't like Perry, like we've talked about his shitty parenting, and his inability to control his temper and beat the shit out of someone. Rhett though I didn't care for either. Like uh, he just generally, I don't know. He felt very lackluster as a character. I, I was like this whole like he's he's apparently broke his shoulder or something in this final stand, and he, but he's got to redeem himself. And it's fine. Like, he just completely is fine. Yeah, I figured, you know, I figured he, like, broke his collarbone. Now that I have rode this bull for eight seconds, I have been completely restored. <laughs> like, I, it was just like, I don't, I'm going to leave my family and run off with my girlfriend. Okay. Like, I, it just, it didn't, to me, those those moments didn't feel necessary. I want it better for Maria. It's also weird that, like, it's not weird. I guess hopefully we get, I mean, I don't know, about season two. <laughs> but it's like, how does she know so much and also know so little, Autumn? Like, she thinks mm-hmm. her father is innocent until she finds out. She's like, oh, that's not true. Like, she thinks Royal, she, like, blames Royal for her life being ruined because she thinks he killed that guy and then he thinks her dad took the fall and then he disappeared on her is what I'm assuming kind of like her life path follows that seems like a very reasonable interpretation so she like knows all about the future the whole and she knows a lot of events but she doesn't know what actually happened until she gets here she doesn't remember her childhood at all her, well, that's the thing does she Royal says that he doesn't remember his childhood and then literally won't stop talking about killing his father for the last two episodes. Like, I feel like Autumn has said the same thing. I don't remember anything from before I was nine years well, old. Well, she's nine when her mom comes and picks her up. So I think she just blocked out. I know her. that. But that's what, I, that's what I'm saying, though, is, is that do we believe Autumn? I don't really believe that. Just like it's shown that we, we can't really believe Royal. Because Royal lies. Autumn has lied the whole entire show. The entire beginning of her meeting Royal is all a lie. Right? So uh, I don't know that I trust her when she says she doesn't remember. I think she knows that exactly. And I think that you actually made it clear to me that she thinks that Royal was the one that caused all these problems. And so that's why she goes fucking manic and starts trying to, you know, go David Koresh on him. <laughs> Props to her and Billy for, they really went for it on the makeout sessions in this show. Oh, my God. 
unnecessary. It's hilarious. Gratuitous, I think, is the term that I would use to describe the, the makeout sessions between Autumn Although and I liked the uh, Maria and Rhett makeout sessions. I was like, hmm, I'm behind this. I just thought it was hilarious when Billy, like, he starts singing the song that's in the background playing while they're making out in the bank. Just, that part just, like, yeah, made me love Billy even more. Yeah, I, I love that. Hey, you have a gun. Get out of the bank. Oh, you're making out with Billy? Well, you don't have to get out anymore. We're just going to watch. <laughs> I just yeah, want... well, also, just, like, lying to the police about, you know, where Rhett was, that would not just kind of be dropped. You know, yeah, yeah. That that was it. Was like, oh, where were you? I was with my girl. We lied about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess you weren't with your girl. I feel like this show has a lot of potential. I feel like there's a lot of interesting things that they're trying to do. I feel like it also suffered a little bit from the movie monster problem. That the more that the story kind of started to form up, that we kind of saw a picture of what this was trying to do. It felt like. It was harder for me to be like, oh, okay, this is mysterious and interesting. Like I felt like it just kind of meandered after after it revealed that it was time travel. The knowledge of Royal that knew exactly, not exactly, but he almost knew exactly what was going on with the whole, like, mm-hmm. just like makes all his previous actions like colored differently. Like he should have told his boys, like, listen, they're not going to find the body, and if they do, the evidence will not support that he was murdered at that bar. Like, because like the coroner report, you know what I mean? Like he would have known that the body would, whenever it pops back up in the future or like even better in the past, like the death report's not going to match up with the timeline evidence or something. So you just be like, does, Oh, this is interesting. Does the time travel require conscious thought? Because when Royal goes through, he goes into the future and into the past. When Trevor goes through, yes, technically he goes to the future, but we don't know, does he actually go into the future or does it just take him four days for his body to fall out the hole type thing? I don't know if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, because it's, medically he's only been dead for 10 hours. So, like, yeah, he's right. throwing he the hole and he, like, and then the daughter finds him the next morning. So, it could have, like, popped out in the middle of the night or something. But, like, it was a pretty clean transition, I feel like, from getting thrown right, into, so it's like, four days. five. Eight, it was, like, eight days. It was, like... Eight days. Was it eight days or four days? I thought it was four days. It's that he died four days later after he disappeared. They found him eight days later, but he okay. his death was four days after the disappearance. Okay, yeah. I think that's what it was. So that yeah, you don't need no, you don't need conscious thought. I was thinking maybe he just immediately dropped him, but no, the fact that there's a, a time difference in how <laughs> when he died. That, that under my side. I was imagining that the soldiers and the oil company on the other side like threw the body back in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's not what we need. Throw it back in. What is this? Isn't this like uh, the plot for Looper? Like you can't... Go back and kill yourself? You can't commit crimes. So you, they send people into the future to be killed and they're not like technically dying like in their like they're not being killed like they're being killed where they don't even exist anymore it's like people in the future it's like a great yeah people in the future are killing people from the past that are being sent there to be killed this is confusing something like that except for this one i think is different is that people from the past are coming to the future and messing with it 
I just like it's, it, it's not consistent. I just kept like I hate mentioning leftovers all the time, but I just like if this was the leftovers, they let they like to let the mystery be, but they like wrap mm. the individual seasons up. Yeah, like this like this end was not the end that I we didn't get any answers for the vision like not the vision like his experience going into the future it's like that scene in superman versus batman where all of a sudden there's like the future like army of superman shit and it's just completely out of left field and not explained whatsoever that's that's kind of how i feel like some of the things in this were it's like we have this good idea maybe they cut an episode i feel like this should have been 10 episodes i think they needed two more episodes to explain everything and those episodes were cut for some reason I thought it's kind of like Tokyo Vice. The joke's anal, right? Is I get the joke correctly? Like I feel like we kind of came to the same yeah. conclusion mm-hmm. that you guys you kind of set us up to to ask these questions, but then you didn't deliver in the same season. You know, well, they kept. I kept thought they were framing. I thought that Buffalo Head was the Arrow Buffalo. They kept walking around, mm. and I thought Wayne kind of like almost knew exactly. Like he could never find it, but he knew it was happening. I thought maybe he had gone into the past or something at one point. I don't know. I thought the Buffalo was going to be connected to something. Like I said, I already thought the, I already thought the rocks were going to like, I thought they were going to figure out how to go backwards or forwards. And I thought like maybe something was going to happen. Like uh Royal was going to go back to before it all started at the very end of this season or something and try to fix it. Okay. So I want to bring up the bear situation. Yes. Yeah. Well, because, we we get Cecilia and Cecilia's, I guess, de-evolution or departure from her faith is kind of how I see her story. She starts off very devout religious person and she's, you know, goes to Bible study and there's the story of Elisha and the the bears mauling the 42 boys. And, you know, the, everyone's kind of stunned. They don't know really what to say about it. And then we have her go off. We have the death of of Trevor, we have them covering it up and her kind of seeing that. And I feel like that starts to build that guilt. And then all of a sudden there's the baby bear, the, just the dead baby bear that she just hides in the shed. And, and it's just so weird because it just, nothing makes sense at, through those sequences. Like, and then Papa bear shows up or mama bear and she shoots and kills it. And, and she just loses her faith through that process. I, I don't understand the purpose. My first of, initial of thought this. was she was going to use that bear to create like some evidence that the Trevor was like somehow attacked by it. Like she was going to leave like some like use its like entrails or something like to plant like evidence. I don't know. Or claws or something. And then my second I mean, my second understanding was like she's trying to like the Bible story, punish herself with the bear. Like she bites her hand with the bear's mouth like. She's trying to like repent, I guess, somehow in some sort of weird way. Jay, what do you think about the bears? Well, this is a great example of what's so great about the show show because I need a couple of people smarter than me to analyze these shows because I'm so dumb. I thought it was the same bear. So I thought it was like that time was not linear and that Cecilia killed the bear, but then the bear shows up dead previously in the timeline. I thought it was uh, like when when Billy says, is this the beginning? Is this the end? Are they the same thing? 
Uh, so I completely misread it because I thought that was the same bear. I took it as the mama bear come looking for the baby bear. Yeah, I thought she was going to like plant the scent on something to get the bear to attack somebody, too. I also had that thought at one point. I was like, oh, she's going to use like the scent of the baby bear to like get somebody mauled. But also the bear it disappears like at a certain point. Like... We don't see it anymore. The door's open. She walks in there, and it's gone, right? The, mom, the mama and bear dragged it out. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. It was, like, sniffing the body when she showed up, which is, like, no one's carrying around guns. No one thinks the mama bear's coming looking for, like, people aren't walking around with rifles and stuff. And, like, well, it was in the car. Really yeah, I know, but people don't really want to kill people either. Like, Royal, when he's hunting Autumn, he flips their car over. He's going to walk up to the car. Like, I'm sure he assumed that she's dead, but, like, you're going to walk straight up, put your gun away, like, lean down your head to look under the car when you know she has a ton of guns, and if she's still alive, she's just going to shoot you in the face? Like, yeah, you're not no. going to, like, park your car with the lights facing it, run off into the dark with your rifle scoped in on it, looking for, like, movement, looking for where she is, and, like, I don't, just, like, do you want to kill her or not? He did no-scope Billy while driving, so. I thought he was scoping. I thought he was kind of, like, leaning over. Checking the scope. I don't know. It's multitasking. <laughs> I I did a little research into the Elisha story and was reading some commentary on it. And and Elisha is a prophet in the Bible. Uh, he was a he was taught by Elijah. And the story of the bear happened shortly after Elijah is famously taken up in the chariot of fire. And so Elisha is left on his own as the new prophet of the Lord. And in this passage, these passages, we see him doing many nice, great things for people that are downtrodden, that are you know, individuals who are suffering. And we also see this, him getting, losing his temper and basically calling bears to come and eat 42 young men. And the commentary, when I was reading it, they were talking about how this is one of the, the a tough story in the scripture where you see someone who gets great power and then perhaps use misuses it, but also does good things. Maybe showing that, you know, humans throughout time all make mistakes, do wrong things, but also like what happens when you maybe don't have a mentor, you don't have guidance and you're all just given great authority or power. I feel like a lot of this, this story maybe is, and maybe that's the parallel here with Cecilia is that she's looking for guidance. She feels very lost and and in the same way that Elijah had no guidance because he lost his temper with the bears, she has no guidance with what's going on. Her boys have created murder. You know, we see the whole standoff between her and Patricia. She's clearly, like, suffering morally um, in that situation. She feels like something, that they've done something wrong. So, to me, this, this is a really a moral struggle for Cecilia throughout this whole show. And she's seeing everything, her family, her her values, her farm, all of it just kind of melt right in front of her. I like that interpretation quite a lot. And I think the the Oscar goes to Cecilia on this show. I thought her performance was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, I would agree. I liked all the... I felt like the show, not making fun of religion, but I liked it because it kind of echoed my viewpoints. I thought that story you know, maybe it was all that stuff too but i thought it was just kind of like showing a little bit of the ridiculousness sometimes of the bible 
like a lot of the stuff in Leviticus about like can't eat shellfish and like mixed fibers and stuff like that. Like it's just I don't know. I agree with Josh Brolin's like uh, personally. I agree with his little thing where it's like if you're gonna make God omniscient and omnipotent, like and let him have the glory for all the good in the world. Like he also has to have the responsibility of the bad kind of, that's kind of like, I share that view personally. It's the Spinoza view of God that God is, is everything. It's, it's, it's all the bad, all the good. It's all of it. You can't have both. When like tragedies and horrible things happen, you can't be like, well, no one knows God's design and then pretend to know that it's God's plan when good things happen. Like, Oh, you can't like, it can't be both ways. You can't not know, and then you can't also know just because something's good. Yeah. As as it is said, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. So I think that, to me, I, I find the stories of the Scripture to be very interesting from a perspective of they show humanity and, our, and all of its, its glory, flaws, altruism, and selfishness. Uh, and I think that's what's great about those kind of texts, whether it's the, you know, the Talmud or the Quran, the the Bible. Like we we see that human beings are the same throughout ages, and that I don't know. To me, that brings a little bit of comfort to know that whether we're dealing with the 1880s, the 1400s, the 300s, greed, selfishness, you know, murder, desire, happiness you know, sadness, depression, all these things are kind of universal to humanity throughout time. We just experience it through different means, uh, different things maybe triggering it. So, uh, and again, any text can kind of capture that as well. I think that, for example, like the things that in Leviticus, you said, you know, silly things in Leviticus, I find a lot of those things, if you look at the time and place, eating shellfish in the desert when there's certain health requirements and cleanlessness requirements can, can also be very practical having fiber of different types of, uh, you know, strains when you wash it can cause it to shrink and others to not therefore causing the, the clothing on your back to wear out faster. Uh, so some of those things that were done during that time period, I think practically makes sense to people in the middle of the desert and 2000, 3000 years ago. So I think that people then take those things and turn them into something more than they were. And and I think that that's where religion kind of fills in the gaps of stuff that maybe gets outdated. Yep, yep. I've trashed on the show, but I did like it. I just wanted a little bit more. Uh, same here. Wrapping up. Like, it doesn't have to wrap up everything. Like, there's going to be a second season, but, like, not enough was wrapped up. It's like you mentioned Tokyo Vice. Like, they did a... Then they almost did a bait and switch where we never got to the flash forward. And then I really don't like it when people like, it was obviously like trick me, but don't use like uh fast of hand, like him, like not knowing what the hole does. Like that part turns me off when it's like, that's, that's a lie to me. That's not, that's not like a trick. That's like, you like showed me something wrong so that I'd believe it. Like, yeah. I, I feel bait and switch is not a good thing. This is also, is it the second? No, the other one was HBO Max, right? That's what it was uh, Tokyo Vice is on. But I, I do feel like the, because, and again, maybe there's so much competition in the television realm that they they kind of bake in the answer to the second season 
because they want to maximize their shot of getting pulled for a second season. Because if you can get two, then you can probably get you know three, four, five. So I mean, what, what do you what do you think, Jay? You feel like this is the new tactic? I I hope not. I I really hope that creators would set out from the outset just to to Tell make a great show and not necessarily game it too much. But I it would not surprise me at all to think that that's a tactic being used. It is weird how much art is driven by the market, right? Like. Oh, it's yeah. funny. It's funny to me how, to hear people bitch and moan and complain about all the Marvel movies. At the same time, they're huge, you know, money makers, mm-hmm. right? Like Nickelback. <laughs> like Nickelback, apparently. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, and again, art, art, and and what people like are not always like the the bottom barrel things that most people like and like high art are not always the same, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that people who are going out to Billy Bob's probably aren't also going to the Louvre. So I think that there's, there's levels here, but I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like shows like this, like they, they, the market is driving because there's so much competition. The market is driving us to this place where we have to, like we have to get a, a second season. And the only way to, to try and ensure that is to give us a little tidbit, but not fill it in. And so I'm curious if going forward we start seeing more and more of these like these double season hooks as the way that they they try and ensure that they get two seasons out. Because if if your if your show doesn't get renewed for a second season, the likelihood of it coming back is pretty low. Whereas if you can get 3 4 seasons, Amazon can buy you. You know, Fox can can renew you. A- A- ABC can bring you back, right? Like all of a sudden now you're a reboot. You're you're a comeback. And that's a completely new valuable IP. You might have stumbled onto something there with the, the market forces because I was I was just reading about how how Disney has brought back their old CEO after he was only out of the job for like a year and a half after being on the job for like twenty. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they brought him back was that Disney Plus is not doing as well as they they want it to do or as they projected it to do. It lost, I think it was a billion and a half dollars last year. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why it's, it turns out for all of these producers that streaming is so expensive is that we're all, all of us were only on the hook for one month when we subscribe. So there's nothing to stop us from subscribing to watch the show that we want to watch, binge it, and then cancel the subscription. So in order to keep us, they have to go Netflix and they have to just churn and burn that new content so that there's something coming out next month that you want to watch. So mm-hmm. you keep your subscription. So I wonder if Outer Range was rushed. This was this was a part of Amazon's content rush. Just get something out. Doesn't matter if it was only eight episodes. As long as it's something new for this month, we've we've fulfilled our reason for you to stick around the difference though with amazon i would i would push back is that theirs is an annual subscription versus a month-to-month subscription true the video you can buy the video part separately and that you can do it month to month oh really okay. that's what i, I did just to have... watch the show it's only like okay so it's a nine bucks perfect example for yeah because i don't have like amazon prime that's interesting this is interesting what's it left living in 1886 <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> 
man, the regular sh- like I mean, most stuff I buy tends to be over twenty five dollars, and that qualifies for free shipping. And the free shipping's not that much slower than like the super fast. I mean, I can wait an extra couple days. So take that, Bezos. I miss I miss those uh, student Prime prices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point, I just I've used it for so long, and we use watch so much Prime shows that. This this is the thing. Anytime that I go try to cancel one of our like subscription channels, there's like a show that one of us are watching on it, mm-hmm. and it's and it's like, oh well, that show's on this one. And it's like finally we finish that show, we find something else. <laughs> Reacher was good. Goliath is good. Bosch, I like that. Uh, I want to see Jack Ryan. I want to see the new season of Jack Ryan. So they got a lot of shows that I like. Well, I think that with that we should move on into our scoring. So, uh, are y'all are y'all ready to do some scores? Sure. Ready. Do we do we have an object to score with? I might suggest handfuls of dirt. <laughs> yes, that I'm cool with handfuls of dirt. Throw into your mouth or... and then wash out with a beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I interpreted that as he was bleeding internally, and he was just trying to. Uh, Stop the bleeding oh with some God. dirt and beer. Oh gosh! So maybe he had like really dry mouth, and somehow they like <laughs> put a thin coat of mud in there somehow. I don't know. Like uh, is I, I asked Chris, I was like, is that true grit? Ah, oh, there it is. Oh no, he said it. Oh no, Yellowstone Sam strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um. Jay, do you want oh. to start us off? I, I feel like me and Tony have actually taken the lead on this one. You have been more quiet this time around. Sure, I'll I'll lead off here. Uh, Aaron, you you described the show earlier with with a phrase that I, that really caught my ear, and this part this is part of a kind of general grand theory of television that I've come up with after watching this show. Uh, but you you said the show was mysterious, interesting, and meandering, and I think. If we take those three elements and then we add one more of some sort of supernatural element in this show, I think we might have a television ideology that I'd like to call Lynchism Lindelhoffism. Okay. You know, like like Marxism hyphen Leninism, the official ideology of the Soviet Union. I think the official television ideology of what I like might boil down to Lynchism slash Lindelhoff. Would it, would it be Lynchian Lindelism? Ooh, I like that better. I like that. The double L's. I, I love shows like this, even when they're not good. Mm. And this show at the end of the day was not good, but I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Shouting at the TV when stuff didn't make sense. Um, I love talking about it with you guys. I think for show show, it was 10 out of the 10, but for the quality of this show, I'm going to give this just five handfuls of dirt smack dab in the middle of the range. How about you, Aaron? Um, I, I feel like I definitely diatribed a bit on this one. I, and it's because like you said, I do enjoy weird, bizarre, keep you guessing stuff. And 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 surrealism, any of that stuff, I I really eat it up, and I felt like there was a lot of potential here, and I just feel like the execution of it at times stumbled, so I I come to about a six, because I I think that the potential there they can they can write the ship, 
they can they can retcon and explain some of the stuff away that doesn't make sense they can give us some grand story on amy and kind of get us to autumn that i think that they can can write this ship but where we are i felt like we got half of a season even with the big climactic finale which i don't dispute is very much a, a finale episode it still felt like halfway through a season this needed to be either 12 or 16 episodes they needed to do it right and because we got either a rush job or or a hack job we we end up with a six six barrels of time oil uh <laughs> instead of of what it should be so i i agree with you this is a fun one for talking for discussion this is the kind of stuff where they they leave you guessing i just feel like it could have been executed in a much better fashion how about you tony well put tony what about you me i i know i treasure on it too but i'm gonna give it a seven uh handfuls of barrels of time oil uh i thought i mean i loved the scenery wyoming apparently is beautiful i loved the the actors i think everyone did well in their roles i didn't no one felt like horrible or anything like i thought and some people like jay mentioned the mom i thought justin brolin was great in it but he's got got that western cowboy thing down at this point uh, mm. so i really liked all that i did like i had problems with a few things one thing you know because i i don't work directly with electricity but i'm like how did the roller rink still have electricity no one's paying that bill <laughs> like why are they still letting yeah. electricity go to there anyway i liked the dippies dairy queen like uh rebranding it's obviously like the dairy queen symbol there where yes uh, perry <laughs> and his daughter are eating there uh yeah so i really liked the show i know i trashed it a lot but i just wanted kind of like you were saying Aaron, like if it's gonna be two seasons i wanted them to slow it down almost like they progressed too far to not wrap it up in one season if they're gonna yeah. do two seasons they needed to like like i don't know what i'm trying to say like less amplitude like less peaks and valleys and more of like a slow build-up to like a climax in the first season that leads into the second season where it really starts building. So I wanted to, if it was either two seasons slow down the first season or if it, one season they needed to wrap it up better and not do like a little bait and switch. And like they need to answer more questions if it wasn't like guaranteed to have a second season. But maybe that is like the trend we're seeing. But I'm going to give it a seven because it is, it is a Tony type of show. I like mysterious shows and I do like time travel. I wish. I mean, there are movies where they keep their rules like nailed down and consistent, but I just feel like lately when we've been running into it, it's been really like inconsistent. Well, thank you very much for making the, the math easy on me. We've got a five, a six, and a seven for an average score of six. That places this about kind of in the, the top of the bottom quartile. It's tied with Zach Stone. It's going to be famous. And here's the injustice of the century. Outer range is one below mixology and one above succession. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's funny because I definitely ragged on succession pretty hard. Here's yes. the thing, though. I'm not going to lie. When I don't find a character that I just outright like, it hurts the show for me. Like, I need to have someone that I endear to. You can be a shitty person. You can be a, a anti-hero, but I gotta like you at some level. And I think that was a big problem for me. I like I thought that Cecilia with her performance was great. I didn't like Cecilia. 
I thought that Royal's performance was great. I didn't like Royal. I thought Autumn's performance was fucking phenomenal, especially when she was losing her beans. But I didn't like her. Yeah. I, I didn't trust anybody. You know, and and I feel it like felt like a Western succession with the murder thing. I yeah. know that was at the end of the first season of Succession, but I was like, I was getting some some vibes. Oh yeah, so you just want you want the comeuppance, like, or the I think in Succession we were talking about like a release. Yeah, I think we got a couple releases in this one that we didn't get in Succession, so it didn't hit as hard. But the first season of Succession is just like there was no like pressure release on any of the characters or come up and mm. really well are we ready to move to the wheel let us approach I, I have not entered your offerings i guess for for this round i'm actually bringing back a a season two i want to put righteous Ooh. gemstones on the yes! the wheel uh because it's it's something that keeps getting mentioned uh, peripheral to me and people keep set, making like you know have you seen it statements to me and i'm like you know what it's gone on too long. I, I think it's time to come back around and see what the gemstones got into. So that's my offering. Okay. Uh, I am going to put up a show called Chef! Exclamation points. Uh, this is a show that I think Aaron and I, you have watched, you and I have watched before. It's a 1993 British sitcom. Uh, I want to celebrate 30 years since it came out. Uh, but... If uh, if Righteous Gemstones doesn't win, I think I'm going to start putting Righteous Gemstones up every month until it gets picked. <laughs> Where can we watch, Chef? Uh, it is available on BritBox okay. in the United States. The Tone Man. What is your offering, Tony? Sorry, that went over my head. Uh, I'll throw out Wednesday. Been hearing some good things about it. I, I was It was a strong second there. It's on Netflix. I'm sure you already know that. Okay, I'll share this so that we can all see and keep myself honest. Because the wheel of randomonium is transparent. Absolutely. There's, <laughs> There's no funny business going on. We're not doctoring the results. Absolutely. Are we? Does everyone see this? Are we live? Yes. All right. I've shuffled, and I spin to win. Let's spin the McConaughey wheel. All right. 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 Spin, 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 spin. Wheel of morality. Turn, Going turn, around, turn. Round, what round, is round. the lesson that we should oh. learn? And it's Chef. Ooh. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I, I, it's a good feeling. Uh, I'm excited. I, I've seen this before. I'm excited because I've talked to Christy about this, and her family is obsessed with like these type British shows, and they've never seen it. So this is great. Yeah, it's, it's not, I would say... Uh, it's not really a popular show. It's not one that a lot of people are going to know. Uh, it's really more just something that me and my family love. And it's uh, it suffers from a bit of... It gets a little worse each season as it goes along. Uh, but I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. That's kind of like Black Books, right? I'm a huge fan yeah. of Black Books. Mm. And each season gets progressively more ridiculous. Yeah. And it's it's obvious with Chef. In the last season... They go from the previous two were made on film and the last one's made on video. And it's, you know, it's 1995 video. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you can you can tell the budget got cut. Well, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited to get into this because uh, it's been, man, probably close to 10 years since I've seen it. Oh, wow. 
And it's been a while since we've done any any kind of British shows on the show show. Yep. I'm kind of struggling to think of any. It's the language barrier for me. I can't really get past <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, uh, next time, Chef, to celebrate 30 years of this fantastic show, I want to thank my co-host. Thank you, Aaron. You are welcome, sir. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. Big thanks to our executive producer, Dick Wolf. Big thanks to everybody watching on the live stream. Sorry we didn't get to your calls. Maybe next time. Uh, But uh, be watching, Chef, and we'll be back at you next time with a great episode of the show show. Glad to get out of here with the win. This is a tough place to do it. And, uh, you know, once in a while, a pirate can beat a soldier, you know?